Are you ready? Welcome to episode two of the Joust Presents Mad Mondays. Good evening, Naggy. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, Liam. Yourself? Remarkably well. Very, very well. Thank you. Rejoiced, rejoiced and rejuvenated. Absolutely. From, all from the R's. <laughs> all those hard R's you've got there. Yep, absolutely all of them. <laughs> it's good to be back, isn't it? Oh, it's great to be back. Episode two. Feels like we never left. Never, Liam. Uh, mad Mondays is something we're celebrating right through the off season. and But you can't really have a Mad Monday uh, without celebrating something. So, Liam, what are we celebrating this Mad Monday? Well, look, what we're celebrating, big event, Listener's Mad Monday, uh, happened on this day in 1901, ladies and gentlemen. This day in 1901, Annie Edson Taylor became the first person to survive going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. And Miss Edson, uh, she was a stunt woman of some uh, some reputation. Yeah. And she had the barrel uh, lined with mattresses, obviously. It was all sealed very tightly. There was air pr- pumped into it. and I've just got the word that this is a woman. Sorry. <laughs> a woman, Annie Edson Taylor. Okay. She tested it first on her cat. <laughs> so, yeah, she, the, the cat went off the barrel and... Uh, did it live? In the barrel. The cat lived, and as did Annie. Yeah. Um, but uh, things didn't go so well for Annie, Naggy. Now, uh, Why not? Obviously, the barrel was pr- arguably the more famous of the two, and her manager of the time, Naggy... Married the barrel. No, he's stolen the barrel. <laughs> oh, no. And it cost her most of her life savings to hire a private detective to find the barrel. Turned up in Chicago. True story. True story. When was this? This was in 1901, on this very day. On the very day. Well, that- the, the, the Niagara Falls... The, the stealing of the barrel obviously was after it all. She would have just gone over without a barrel and been smashed to smithereens on it, the rocks below. It seems funny. So, well done. Celebrating Mad Mondays for... Thank you, Annie Edson Taylor. Annie Edson Taylor. But it seems weird that, that the stunt woman, right, wasn't the champion of the stunt, but the barrel was the, the barrel. Champion. Well, I suppose the barrel went over twice, didn't it? Well, the barrel went over twice. Yeah. And I mean, that's got to be a hell of a barrel. First of all, to fit a human inside it. Yeah. And second of all... Lined with mattresses, so it's a pretty plush, luxurious barrel. It's not just any barrel. So it's quite a large barrel. I imagine it would have been. Well, if you look at the picture, it's uh, it's roughly her height. Okay. Oh, so like so. She yeah. may have been a midget. I don't know, but <laughs> either way, it's a it's a barrel large enough to accommodate a person. And I'll tell you what, there's something you don't see much these days is no. stunts done publicly, because um, it's mainly frowned upon now that if you are like you know. Climbing, you know, climbing, jumping off something, going down Niagara Falls. If you just don't do this, you're going to kill yourself. Well, so it's all the public liability insurance, you see. Yeah, well, but, well at the time was 1901, mm. which you could only hear about it unless you were there watching the very act. Or you got a telegram two years later. Because otherwise I could just say, did you see me? I just came off. Like, this is the barrel. I just went down Niagara Falls and look, I had mattresses and everything. And unless you were right there, there was no cameras. Like, you know, there's so I jumped the three sisters on my BMX bike and <laughs> yeah. no one knows. No one saw it. I went I from the tell. first sister to the second sister. <laughs> Can't do the third. It's insane. No, it's insane. <laughs> but the first two, you better believe it. You better believe it. I was there. I, this, yeah, here's the bike that I did it on. And then I steal the bike and ca- claim yeah. all your fame. I do, yeah. Be- becoming famous in the old days would have been so easy. What, yeah. Like, it, yeah, I, I, I robbed a bank. Oh, my God. We didn't know you did that. I did it. I didn't. I did, I did I it. Did I did it. I have, I you lost just have to tell people. Someone stole all my money from me. <laughs> and now I'm broke. I'm hired a detective. Because no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows at all. But Liam, it's it's been obviously uh, a, a good time between uh, between Mondays and uh, a couple of Mondays actually because mm. you know we like to have some time off because do. I need my rest. Doing nothing is tiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to rest off all our rest. I had a Sunday uh, recently just after I went chocolate. 
midnight oil. There was some chocolate involved. And I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, you know those days? Yeah, I call that Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a day of yeah. sort of, you know, finding myself again after a large hangover, mm. which I think is important to have. Oh, it's very important to have. Look, it's good for your mental wealth, uh, health, well-being and such. You know, because sometimes you have those hangovers where you truly question everything in your life. And There's some people that say that, you know, once you have a really big night out, that the next day, that you should do something. You should go outside. You should go for a jog. That's rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's you, nonsense. You should just stay in bed. Yeah. And, well, you're not, not in bed because you can even stay in bed for so long uh, during one of these hangover times that the bed becomes uncomfortable. This is why, pe- this is why people <laughs> want to bomb this country because this is how we live. Uh, that the, the, the bed itself, the thing that is meant to be the most comfortable thing in the house where you can just sort of just lay at your leisure becomes you're like, oh this is a bit oh this side's a bit warm again. Oh flip this pillow over. Oh it's still warm from the last time I flipped it. And it's like it's it's the worst thing in the world because that you can't you can't downgrade from like doing anything from being in bed. <laughs> so you have to get up. I was uh, I was bed shamed once by Jack Holmes and I believe Elliot was uh, with him at the time when uh, they came home, walked into my room and I was still in bed, well into the afternoon. Uh, but not only that, the fitted sheet yeah. Had ripped clean asunder, <laughs> so was, much so from. Oh, you were there. Was you and Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd cocooned myself in under it because my other sheet was on the floor. Because it had, a, had a, not just a hole in it, but it was a rip up the entire middle. The entire middle, and then you've cocooned yourself yeah. in it like a sleeping, like a poorly built sleeping bag. Yes, because the poor man's sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just mattress, and then, and then a, me, a ri- and then just yeah, and then I believe you're nude also because mm-hmm. we called you before that, and we said we're coming over. And you were like, oh, tremendous, I'll see you no, soon. No, I didn't. I was hungover. I didn't say that. No, you said, you go, excellent, I'll oh. see you soon, boys. And then we, when we got there, you were like, what a surprise. <laughs> the lad, we got 15 minutes away. And, and, <laughs> the head knocks. Brand, Brandon was there and he was like, he, he just said he is like, he's, he's been, been there for days. He's been, he's been pissed all day. But yeah, that, I was. It was a simpler time, 2013. It was. It was, <laughs> it was you know. Back there in Wickham in the old Orange House. Oh, the Wickham Social Club. Yeah, beautiful Social Club. Beautiful venue. I wonder how the social club's doing these days. How are we doing, boys? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just us three. <laughs> well, no, of course, we had our Treasurer Oscar. and uh, Treasurer Oscar does some great, Os- great Oliver work. Oliver Bendai was... Actually, I remember the last financial support that we, we remained steady because we um, we incurred no debt, but, but also, all no, also no surplus. So. No income. <laughs> so, yeah, um, which was the what was Oliver's it. role? He... Uh, um, uh, uh, something from uh, not financial affairs, social affairs, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Something why. like that. It was just an excuse <laughs> to go there, go to house and drink. I think it was a good but excuse too. Made it feel very professional. Yeah. But Liam, speaking of uh, looking, Kate Hines as well. Kate it? Hines was also heavily involved. Mm. Um, foundation member. Foundation member, and um, you're a bit of a, like looking back. You you're a bit of a modern day scholar. I I would say that yes I am because you know scholars of the past you know they used to bury their head in books and go to large libraries with ladders and you climb. I've always wanted one of those ladders that you could sort of swing across. Oh, they're great. We had one at Central. It was it was tremendously fun. You'd climb up and climb up and then slide across because it was on rollers. Push, I think it was from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm. that I really wanted it because he could just the sort candy of man swing can. the Candyman can, mm. which was just a massive pedophile, obviously getting yeah. children into the. Cause he never actually sold any candy. He just gave, sang at the children and gave it away. Gave it away. That was terrible his, business model. He paid for that candy yeah. or made it, and then he gave it away. Well, no, he didn't make it because Wonka was making it. It was That's Wonka products because he, he couldn't get into the Wonka. Yeah. He was born to do it, the Wonka. Like, you know, <laughs> so but, how's he making money in this shop? No one knows. The front. It, until Charlie comes up and tries to ask for candy. And then he just says, like, got any money? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty broke. I've given out all my candy. Like, 
But then he gets his golden ticket. It's a beautiful he ending. He does. It's a great film. But the ladder is really what I wanted. But like, Great ladders, yeah, yeah. That's what scholars used to do, is climb mm. these ladders and go down and just read books all day. But that's a thing of the past. Now, Liam, it is a thing of the past. Liam, now you have all of life's knowledge at your fingertips. Essentially all of it, yes. And you know, you're quite an inquisitive guy. So this is a bit of a, a, bit of a segment. To a fault. <laughs> to a fault. A little segment I'd call, Liam, what exactly have you been Googling? <laughs> what have I been Googling this week, Nagy? That's a great question. Now, we were discussing earlier, this is something I wanted to trial, so I did a bit of Google searching, and I wondered, does such a thing exist as a shirt with an LED screen built into the front yeah. so I can have television playing on my shirt as I walk around? Well, they don't. <laughs> um, but they exist, but in very basic lighting things. So your shirt lights up, has a great pattern. But I was wondering... Why doesn't a shirt exist where I can have television shows playing on them as I go about my day? What would you show on them? Just humor me. Humor me. What would you show on this television? You know what? I think I'd I'd make myself like a a calming reference point for people. <laughs> I'd play nice videos of nature, the nature. ocean, ocean, um, ocean noises, ocean noise. So I set some speakers up on the shoulders. Just have like, you know, the sounds of the ocean coming in and out, the tides and such. <laughs> seabirds. Seabirds. Something uh, calming that if a person looks at my shirt, they're like, I'm glad I looked at that. That was meant to be the whales. <laughs> <laughs> but seabirds would just do just as well. But it was, but yeah, so, okay, so, so you have nature on there, but like. It, Maybe. It, I'd, obviously, you'd have like a USB setup so I could change it from day to day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but uh, I'd just like to have moving pictures on my shirt so as people, I wander around. People just get a little glimpse. I get a glimpse, yeah. Of, so you uh, wouldn't be able to show like. I don't know, Citizen Kane on there, that'd be a bit <laughs> silly. You'd get bored because people would be stopping you for you could, hours at a time. You could sit somewhere stationary and people you could charge them for coming and watching your shirt. I could just have a nap, make money while I sleep. <laughs> just broadcast movies on lay me. Lay in the park. I could sell off my chest yeah. for advertising. <laughs> it'd be a moving advertisement. Yeah. You've just blown my mind. Joke's like. on them though. I wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> but like, would you could, you could you have anything else on there? Would you like? Maybe oh, anything! You could have maybe a GoPro strapped to your head. Yes, and you could show what what Liam sees exactly, which would be so amazing. While you're looking at me, you're seeing what I'm seeing. Imagine if you're looking at them. Oh, Nagy, oh, that's. <laughs> I think I think that's how the movie Inception was filmed. It was basically <laughs> that, that. Yeah, it's about GoPros. Christopher Nolan and I we sit on Google sometimes and. And just oh, you should see what we found in <laughs> <a> right memento. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, but it, I think maybe you could have like a, a delay on on mm. the on the GoPro. So it's like what Liam has been doing through you know, the day. Through the day, you know, like maybe can be very boring. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially if you've had a bit of downtime. Incriminating. Yeah, <laughs> if you had a bit of downtime <laughs> in the house and the GoPro is still going and it's like an hour delay and then. Mm. Maybe you just had to face it away during certain times, <laughs> just in <Yeah>. case. <laughs> Multiple certain times a day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not all I've been Googling this week, Nagy. Got on the Googles again the other night and uh, actually had a ha chat with my housemate Sean about this because yes. it was something that uh, we find very interesting. Mm. Woodstock 99. <laughs> Do thing, you remember Woodstock 99? Because obviously uh, our listeners over 80 will remember Woodstock 69. You know, it was a... A love and inclusive and wonderful time for peace and activism and there's all yeah. these amazing, you know, once in a lifetime artists playing and everyone's <laughs> all peace and free love. Yeah, I'm going to ask you, who headlined Woodstock '99? Well, I couldn't tell you who headlined, but let me name some big acts for you. Hendrix? No, he was dead. Kid Rock. <laughs> uh, they couldn't get Janis Joplin, so instead they got Limp Biscuit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> instead of the Rolling Stones, they've replaced them with Corn. Uh, 
now, now, now that you've told me that, I'm less surprised that uh, it's still not part of the vernacular of... of Wait till you hear what happened next. <laughs> Do you not remember this, Nagy? Oh, well, for our listeners who weren't uh, familiar with Woodstock 99... So basically, it was you know they came together and they said, "Oh, let's relive Woodstock '69, but for the new generation." Yeah. The problem with <laughs> that was the new generation didn't care about peace and love and happiness. It was the '90s. Everyone hated everything. It was everything, cool yeah, to hate. It was. And so they got all these headlining bands, and um, they were all very aggressive music and angry. Yeah. Basically, it was a couple of hundred thousand people tearing down a region of America. <laughs> there was there was fires everywhere. There was people fighting. You hear accounts of people who were there. It's Kind of like, I don't know. They were in a riot somewhere, but it was. <laughs> but it was just a music the, festival. It was a music festival of love yeah. and peace. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's incredible that they got. Just imagine Limp Biscuit still like mm. as sort of like the trend, like the Thomas Act of Janis Joplin and and uh, you know Jen, Jimi Hendrix, and then it's like, well, our modern day equivalent <laughs> has to be Frederick Limp- Durst. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing now? Well, I think they had about seven portaloos, so it simply wasn't enough. People were just shitting everywhere. <laughs> yeah, water was about ten bucks a bottle. That was a debacle. It's a very funny story to read. A lot of people got injured. Yeah, but very funny to read about. And I mean, that was a harsh time. That was that was a hard time for Limp Biscuit. Obviously, they had the massive backfire at uh, Woodstock '99 because it was during Limp Biscuit's set where it all came to a head, and there was people tearing walls off things and crowd surfing on the walls or top people and lighting fires. And, I had to listen to Limp Biscuit. And then the next year, obviously, there was the young girl who died at the big day out in 2000. Limp Biscuit just had whoa, a whoa, real... Whoa, whoa, whoa. So big, God, big that... day out, 2000. In Australia? Yeah, and Limp, Limp, Limp Biscuit were playing and a young girl was crushed up against the crowd barrier. Oh, that sounds horrible. It was a bad couple of years for Limp Biscuit, <laughs> And only worse years seemed to follow it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. It was kind of their high point. <laughs> Woodstock 99. And the other thing, Nagy, I was Googling, now I've been doing a little bit of research yeah. about Christian science. <laughs> Do you know what Christian science is? Cre- creationism, isn't it? Like No, it's even weirder. Yeah. I can't remember much because I was intoxicated, but the gist of it is the God of the Bible is a scientist. Yeah. But he's not a very good one. No. And he made all the rules because they put the word science in there to sound legitimate. Yes. So it's like, yes, this is Christian science. We were like, oh, well, it's science. And their science is just, yeah, God did all that. It's really, they didn't science, try very like, hard. But by science, like by like he, like he was behind Dubious a, science at Dubious best. science. Obviously some sort of Frankenstein science that yeah. he created all these people. Yeah. It's but a, uh, it's, it's, it seems like sort of something that uh, you'd only believe if you also believed in a 2000 year old book of rules. So well, absolutely. And that seems to be the case right there. <laughs> God is the scientist. Thank you, Liam. I, uh, it's only uh, um, y- your your the avenues into your mind never <laughs> never seem to frighten me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you very much for li- what's Liam been googling. <laughs> and enough of the glocking spiel. Enough, <laughs> enough glocking. Enough glocking. Enough glocking. But Liam, there's also um, looking back. Also, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's stuff that we we there's certain things that we miss in this world. You know? Yes, there is, and they just don't make them. Like they used to. <laughs> You're simply the best. Now, Liam, we were talking slightly earlier about uh, things that they don't make them like they used to. That you know that aren't the same these mm. days. And I tell you what, infomercials just don't seem the same as they, what they once were. Probably, no, only, they don't. Like in the last, I'm going to say, in the last twenty years, we've had some crackers. We've had some absolute rippers. Yeah. What was your favourite? Look, it's got to be the magic bullet. I, it I was loved the magic bullet. You can make anything with a magic bullet. It was like its own show. It was a, essentially, yeah, a half hour long television program. Because it went for quite some time. And it had 
richly developed characters. You remember Bernard, the hungover guy who comes out? Yeah, because they can make um, some the, the hair of the dog. Hair of the all dog. <laughs> and then he was over the moon about that hair of the dog. I believe I watched a, uh, a version of that. Um, I think it was quite late. And they had a lady smoking. And she was like, <laughs> and she was like, ah, yeah. And she just like kept commenting. And then they just cut her out. Because obviously it wasn't appropriate <laughs> in like modern-ish television. They can just have like someone just like pumping darts. Just huffing a lung buster. <laughs> so they just cut her out completely. <laughs> but there was also this weird thing of like the age of the people at the, the, the Magic Bullet thing. Like, who's hosting? Is this a party? Do they know? Each What's other? It? Is it a sleepover party? Do people in their fifties have sleepover parties? It, it still, a, it wasn't a hotel. No, it was someone's home. But they also didn't seem to know much. They knew a little bit about each other, but enough to be like, sort of, what are you doing? And also, if you look at the mise en place, the way it's set up, it seems clearly the homeowners have been up since four a.m. preparing vegetables and such. Yeah, it must have been a shitty party. And it was only Bernard that got really pissed. Yeah. So what were they doing? <laughs> what were they doing the night before? The thing what I want to know: Why did they wait till breakfast to bust this out? Why, why did- didn't they make their margaritas in it? Yeah, well, they could have made the margaritas in the, the night before, but yeah. they, they chose to make all these kinds of dips for the morning. Yeah, no, well, that's the other thing. Dips for breakfast? Really? Really? Pesto with a hangover? Yeah. I don't think so. A little bit of curry powder. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Miracle Blade 3 series with Chef Tony. Chef Tony. Anything with those Yeah, he was in a lot of things, Chef Tony. I think, yeah. he had, I think it was always the, the, the Miracle Blade. Never cooked a day in his life. <laughs> but he had fingers like this. Like they <laughs> were from the, the Miracle Blade. <laughs> But it's all the stubbiest little things that you'd feed things through. And it obviously he's like some sort of trained, I don't know, uh, catering genius. Like, but, but, with a sharp knife. But as like the way you could just feed things through the knife, you just think like, you can never do this as like someone that owned one of these knives. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy one of these and cut open my microwave lasagna <laughs> like, you know, like, with great ease. I mean, I'm that's it. I'm using it to cut the plastic wrapping off my cup of noodles. Yeah. And that's it. it. Was like he's feeding all these sorts of herbs through. And just like with great eat, like you know, just like flowing through this miracle blade, it was. And the best one for me was um, to illustrate how good of a knife the Miracle Blade series were. They yeah. used the whole series, each as a different tool yeah. to renovate a bathroom. Like they're chopping through drywall with it and with the Miracle Blade, with the Miracle Blade, and then they use it on a tomato, so you know it's not dulled. That was always stupid. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a tomato is a terribly hard thing to cut, even with a dull blade. Oh, they are. Are they? <laughs> yeah. I don't chop too, too What's many the tomatoes. old saying, a chef saying, the, 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 the dull knife is the most dangerous knife because it slips. You try and cut it and it slips. Well, there was always a, like, where, where the, yeah, the real miracle blade really took off. I think the whole knife, the early did knife. Did it ever take off? Well, like in my mind, it did. Like I always <laughs> wanted to buy one, but because uh, God but, the, but we was, were fifteen. But and it, didn't need knives. But it was Ian Turpy that really sold it for me. The the guy that looked like um, hit, hit me with the lamp. But wait. There's, There's more. more. <laughs> like, Always more. This insane six foot six man <laughs> <laughs> with the solid gaze. Keep telling you, but like the deal's not over. Because there's more, and he, but he used to cut the most remarkable things as a child. Because like it was watching this as a young person, he, he would take the knife outside of the kitchen because he's like it's always a shoe. He yeah, always well, cut a shoe. A shoe. <laughs> Coke cans. I used to cut Coke cans. Coke a lot. cans straight through. It's the, easy. You just rip them and then into shoes. Yeah. And then into, I think he even cut like tins of beans like right in half. <laughs> But I don't think he it's ever, a waste of good beans. I don't think he Ew. understood what people use kitchen knives for. <laughs> He's never been in a kitchen. He was using it as some sort of utility knife. And then they'll throw in all these steak knives you also. Just imagine walking into the infomercial kitchen. Boy, what's that box keeping food hot? That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. He's like, quick, take your shoe off. <laughs> It'd be great to see him like walk away from the end of the thing and like his shoe's just like, he's got no toe on one end of his shoes. Like, and he's like, it's so fantastic. But it's what's like, that? What do you call it? An oven? They should have a reverse oven. 
<laughs> something to just to keep all those things unco- uncooked. <laughs> but uh, they really don't really make those kind of infomercials anymore. But Liam, we'll be right back mm. for a little bit more of this. Of what? what? Oh, I was waiting for you to say something. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the Jazz Presents Mad Mondays. Liam, huge time for Newcastle. I remember, I remember thinking back uh, when I first moved here in uh, in in two thousand and nine ish, uh, and I was I had no no idea what the town was like before, and it seems to be changing a lot. But I think I missed out on a huge chunk of what it was. Um, you have you missed out on a large chunk of what I like to call Newcastleiana, <laughs> like Australiana, but for Newcastle. But for Newcastle, it's a lot more depressing. And it was huge news, huge news that we can break on a visual, exclusively ex- reveal or reveal now. That uh, we're going to return of one of Newcastle's finest restaurants, Liam. I'll let you. Big let you... Al's New York style diner, yeah. Maggie, it's coming back now. Listen of a, listeners of a certain age will remember Big Al's. They were, you know, well known for their New York staples. They had your cheeseburger, and yeah. your, your hot dog, and your broads, and your, eh? your broads. <laughs> and I actually only went to Big Al's once. Now, this was uh, a school trip. <laughs> so it's like, what are your favorite places? You only went there once. Yeah, one time. But was I suppose it? it was at the time we didn't, no one had any money. Well, no, I didn't have any. I was, I was four. I was a boy of fourteen. Mm. I was, uh, you know, earning pocket money, but it wasn't Big Al's pocket money. It no. just wasn't enough. But one day the school was kind enough to uh, take my whole grade to see the new Harry Potter movie. Which which one was that? Probably the first one, wasn't it? I think it was the second or third. Just putting it out there, haven't seen the last three Harry Potters. They're very good. I'm going to get hated for it. Definitely recommend it. I would re- no, I didn't want to be hated. Uh, pe- very accommodating fan base. No, people aren't kind. People aren't kind to me. No, to you. To yeah, me. People aren't kind to me. That's yeah, what that, 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 that has nothing to do with your film watching and more to do with your personality. <laughs> people just don't like me. That's fair enough. But, but uh, yeah, no, they took the whole of our... Yeah, like they took the whole year eight class mm. to Harry Potter, mm. and then uh, we went across to Big Owls. Okay, so 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 what, what can you remember most about Big Owls? I had a hot dog, yes, with some French fries, mm. and they had little jukeboxes on the table. What? Yeah, you know, like in Happy Days, a little jukebox on the table. Did they play music? I'd assume so. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a jukebox. But like, if they were all tables were playing music, wouldn't it be quite? Oh, it sounded terrible. It was quite a din. <laughs> it, was, it was a massive din. But, uh, yeah, no, so that'll be good to see that come back. You know, bring back some fairly greasy, shitty food. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's overdue. It's I'm a Newcastle lo- icon. I'm looking forward to it because I think, like, if something that I've missed out on and I have a chance to see it again, much like a lot, like a lot of what's happening now, that you just get these revamped Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to see Blade Runner, but then you have the time to see it again. Uh, Jurassic Park, I was old enough to see it, but I was very young. Uh, so it'd be all these, like, second chances, if you will. So we get this sort of rebooted. Big Owls. I'm looking forward to it, Liam. But was there any other restaurants around uh, Newcastle that you maybe you miss that are no longer here? Yes, I do. Some of us will remember mm. the McDonald's in the Hunter Street Mall. I don't remember this. The McDonald's in the Hunter Street Mall. It's one of those what? ones in a little tiny kiosk. Where was it? Like, like in the in, Hunter Street like, Mall. No, no, but like whereabouts <laughs> in the mall? Oh, I think it was at the 7-Eleven end. I think. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, right. And I it just shut? Many years ago, you many many years ago, you don't hear. They t- went away from the kiosk ones because they couldn't fit a McCafe in. You Everyone's don't about the cafes. Yeah, I know all those latte sipping dick pullers. Dick pullers. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear too many times about a McDonald's, the most successful restaurant chain in the world, mm. closing down. But I, no. but I suppose the Hunter Street Mall could do that. <laughs> well, the Coffs Harbour had a similar one. It was very small in a kiosk, shortened menu. Mm. It just seemed like the late 90s, they got rid of all the kiosk McDonald's, which is yeah. weird because there was a few of them around. And uh, they never had room for a full kitchen, so you couldn't get the full menu. 
It was just a short menu. What was the short? It was like just Big Macs and quarter pounders and whatnot. Well, the one I went to in the airport in China recently, (laughs) they had a selection of three burgers. Yeah. Here's something I didn't know in China Mm. at McDonald's. Instead of chips, you get a large. I want to say it's a chicken schnitzel. (laughs) Oh, it's chopped up. No, no, it's just a large piece of chicken breast flattened out, crumbed and deep fried. How do you eat it? Like like with your hands. Like a. Yeah, you just pull it out of the bag and. Also, oh, it's like a, like a around like a bag sort of a thing. Yeah, like, they come like, in a like l- ash brown. Yeah, but what? about three times the size. And it's chicken. Yeah, instead of chips. So if you ordered a chicken burger, you got well, a I, large... I did. I ordered a chicken burger and it came with a side of chicken. They must have looked at you and gone, what idiot this guy's ordering. Like, well, I you... couldn't speak Chinese, so I just had to point. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting. It's the beauty of the picture menu. And they gave me a, a instead of apple pies, they have a taro pie. What's taro? Taro is like a, it's a root vegetable, yeah. I believe, popular in Southeast Asia and the Pacific. Don't they have apples over there? Apparently not. <laughs> Huge um, uh, source of protein, Taro. It's like a potato, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the way of them saying potato. <laughs> and it's like, potato. <laughs> that was purple, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they get, we get a purple potato. Yeah. But no, but like the, the flesh. I can't imagine you get purple skin around. potatoes. but They can get purple flesh potatoes as well. Really? It's amazing what farmers can do these days. I with thought ke- I knew everything about potatoes. With chemicals, it's amazing what they can do. <laughs> it might, well, be just, might be just the ones around the raft base <laughs> that are just <laughs> sprouting out purple. <laughs> But they're fine. I'm here. They're fine to eat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, for me, it was always uh, the one that people always spoke about so generously that is just no longer there. It's now a bakery. It's George Chan and Penny. Oh, it's a wonderful restaurant. I don't understand what uh, this town, especially like you know, growing up in Nelson Bay, we had a Henny Penny, and it was uh, so we, I had the Henny Penny experience. There was a few there actually. Actually, I believe for a while there they couldn't open a KFC because Henny Penny had the chicken license for the area. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mob brought that in, <laughs> but, but or enforced that. But it, but it was uh, but that, that was the reason we had like three huh. Henny Pennies, but no KFC until very very recently. Um, How odd! I was a very look. It's an odd place. Like it um, is, yeah, yeah. But but here, Georgetown Henny Pennies held on this pedestal that it was this had the best food. Well, look, around. a lot of it's nostalgia. Yeah, I know. For uh, my age, growing up, Georgetown Henny Penny was very close to Waratah Oval. So we footy boys, we held it in high regard because you go to Waratah Oval, you play on the backfields, you're there the whole day, mm. your mum and dad pack your lunch, but you don't want to eat that. You're no. with the boys playing footy. So we go to Henny Penny. It's 14 <laughs> or 15 blokes I suppose wandering chip- in our school uniform. We'd all vomit during the game. But. <laughs> I suppose also the, the chips and gravy was also like a staple. Apparently oh, absolutely. For, it might be the, the working class roots of this town. That, <laughs> that it was just, it's all you need. Bit of chips. And a bit of gravy. Bit of got an extra buck, get it on a roll. <laughs> For your extra bucks, they're purple chips. <laughs> <laughs> Taro but, chips. But, uh, yeah, no, but it's... It, I think we were discussing the other day, Liam, how the... <laughs> there's certain things about Henny Penny staff that you didn't get in any other chain mm. uh, food. Because the Henny Penny staff... Um, look, I'm not going to say that they're all depressed, but they all looked like, like they were reaching the last few years of their life. Um, oh, absolutely. And they're always, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're always a bit untidy. Mm. I'm not sure if it was the uniforms, but they just look sad. Did you have the same experience? I did, Nagy. I did. And especially once we'd open the door and they'd see 15 sweaty, disgusting 15-year-olds. Yeah. You know, they, did, they were just crestfallen. Yeah. But let me tell you, another dining experience in Newcastle I miss terribly. Hit me. In the store on yeah. Hunter Street, there <laughs> used to be a burger restaurant, and it was called the Burger Express. Now, the Burger Express... You tried to take me here had, like five years ago. Oh, yeah, you would never come. It was really good. It's because it's the store and it's the most disgusting place I'm pretty I've sure ever. I was the only customer they ever had. <laughs> it was this one old lady who used to work there. She was absolutely lovely. <laughs> but they had a proper flame grilling conveyor. Yeah. So, 
There's a big box conveyor belt running through it, obviously, with slats with yeah. a fire inside, so you're getting a proper flame grilled burger. It was the store. It's probably an out of control fire that they just couldn't contain. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they just kind of built an oven around the fire. And it was it was great because you'd see her, you know, you'd ask for your burger and she'd go and very clearly in front of you just get this frozen hockey puck <laughs> out of the freezer and just kind of toss it in. Throw it in. And yet for five bucks you get your burger, chips, can of pasito, no extra charge for chicken salt. And honestly, it was one of the greatest five bucks you'd ever spend. The store's the only place that could be so run down that in a, in, a, in a town like Newcastle where there's nowhere to park, even the multi-story car park was never used <laughs> because of just how shitty the I had the a store. job at the store for a week. <laughs> What was it? What well, I answered an ad saying they help wanted for a furniture retail place, and I turned up and I said, "Yes, I'd like to help with your furniture store." And he said, "Okay, we need to unpack all the furniture." Yeah. And he'd gone and purchased, I think, ten shipping crates of furniture from China. And by the time we'd unloaded three, yeah, the second story of the store was full. And he's like, "Well, I got to sell eight more of these now." <laughs> I don't think he sold a one. It probably was the most profitable business. It was the worst. Well, furniture. they had they had Paul's Warehouse there for a while, and I remember going into Paul's Warehouse with a friend of mine, Seth Bowes, and he you could was, never get there. You had to go like out through the back and onto the roof, and yeah, and it was escal- put in a code to get into Paul's Warehouse. <laughs> the escalators didn't work. <laughs> you just had to walk up them. But <laughs> but I remember he went in there to buy shoulder pads, and they had shoulder pads. <laughs> Doesn't he need them too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shoulders like a brown snake, Seth. Uh, but but he went in there and he was like, I need to buy some shoulder pads uh, for for rugby, and then. Um, the the guy went. Uh, he was like, "Can I get those down just to try on?" And the guy was like, "Shirt untucked." He would have been older than like sixteen. He looked like he was so hungover, and he was just like, "Uh, yeah, yeah." And then like he went, he went and got like a ladder, and he still couldn't reach them. And then he sort of just flicked them down with his hand. <laughs> they fell to the ground. And then Seth goes, "Can I try them?" He's like, "I guess." And then a bloke came up at the same time, and said, "Mate, uh." Do you have any uh, Do you have any golf shoes like that? And he goes, Nah. Got cricket <laughs> shoes though. <laughs> cricket not shoes, not the same at all. Oh, I the feel w- like the staff there was perpetually intoxicated. Mm. It was a natural progression. You work from Henny Penny to, to, <laughs> to Paul's Warehouse. To Paul's Warehouse. <laughs> Who's Paul? I was well, I don't know. I don't know. Is he an athlete? Well, apparently gets shoes very cheaply. <laughs> yeah. Remember, they used to have a great two-for-one deal on all the time, like constantly two-for-one. <laughs> you buy the left, you get the right free. <laughs> <laughs> that was a second pair, Nagy, which the was even better. second pair. We'd get this second pair free of charge. Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, it's still there. That same visit as we were walking in, uh, some people carrying some boxes, and they knocked a whole display of shoes over. And then they and then we were in there for about twenty five minutes. We had still had to climb back over the boxes of shoes knocked <laughs> down because no they one were there had, for months. No one had picked them up. That's why they closed. I suppose that's what you get in a warehouse though, yeah. rather than just because it's just. Well, it was like they were, yeah, you know, they had their closing down sale from the day they opened. Yeah, yeah. It's like remember, <laughs> yeah, like was, Romani's Rug Gallery. Yeah, it was. Has there ever been a rug company yeah. that's not going out of business? <laughs> it's never happened. Romani's Rug Gallery. Well, I'm pretty sure I had a going out of business sale when I first moved to Newcastle when I was 12. Well, if you have like still it, open. if you have uh, like you know just levels of rugs, sheets of rugs, how many rugs are you buying in your what life? What does a rug come in? Uh, like, like like books? Roll? <laughs> <laughs> rolls of rugs? <laughs> come in, we got rolls of rugs. Like, <laughs> but like, but like, how many rugs are you buying in your life? You buy a rug. I've never bought a single rug. No. <laughs> No, uh, but like... I think we, mum and dad bought a rug before I was born. They've still got it. I've got a few friends that need to be buying rugs some sort of some <laughs> soon, if you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> Hair reclining. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't getting old fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's not much fun. 
<laughs> Must be terrible to just notice your hair, your hair is just falling out, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't. And it, the only thing you could probably—it's just do so much more upkeep because now you got to clean your drains regularly. <laughs> got to wear it. Bo- you got to invest in hats. Yeah, hats, hats sunscreen. Also, I know it's always the people that go bald just grow a beard. Also, that's just. Why the... you're wearing a hat, Nagy? Well, I might be going bald. <laughs> <laughs> I can never rule it out. Even if I say, "Look, I'm not going bald at the moment." This chance is still there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, but it must be just terrifying because the only way you can get out of going bald is going to like a hair place. And that, that you've already just, you've, 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 you've bailed yourself out and go, I'm going bald. <laughs> and you got to tell strangers this and then they got to examine your hair and then they talk <laughs> you into paying money for American Cure that never works. And then eventually you get hair forced. Well, that's one Warney's got. It must work. Well, isn't it? Does it? Or Advanced it? hair. I thought it was just college or whatever. Well, I'm sure lasers don't make your hair how better. Does, how does that work? How does a laser make your hair work? <laughs> it's just, it's just. Good. We're gonna take your money and shine a torch in your head. But and look <laughs> at Warney's head of hair; it's beautiful. I think it's just combed in a way like that's. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's all. Okay. What's well, like that? Also, they're like people, like celebrities that you don't realize that are going bald, that have been going bald the whole time, like Brendan Fraser. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, what, like, oh, wow. We spoke about this on the jet. We spoke about this like a few months ago. How like you watched the mummy? Maggie, I can't remember what we spoke about yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You watch the mummy, and then you realise that he's wearing a hairpiece, and then you can't take <laughs> your mind off it, and that becomes the entire. I've never film. actually seen the mummy. Oh, I saw the ads as a kid, and it was too scary, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was a scary at the time. At the time, it was a scary movie. So it was Jurassic Park when it came out, but we can still go back and watch it now as an adult. I remember I went to see Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, with my father. Yeah. And I forgot... So I. I forgot not, with your, the, not with your dad, but my dad. <laughs> I forgot how a line works. I forgot what the concept of a line was. Cause dad a had lion? To, no, the line at the cinema. Because dad, oh, dad had to park... The, a queue, yeah. yeah. Dad had to park the car and he said, look... No, we went inside and we got in the line and dad said, oh, I've just got to go to the bathroom, hold our spot in the line. <laughs> but as we started getting closer to the front, I panicked. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, what if I get to the front? I was only eight. What if I get to the front? I'll do this. And they ask me for money. Yeah. I don't have any money. I'm eight. Yeah. And so I stepped out of the line and just stood <laughs> next to the line in the spot where we had been. And then dad came back and said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm the same thing. I'm, I'm at the line. You're meant to hold our spot in the line. Yeah, this was our spot. The same but thing. But it's not now. The same thing to happened to, to me at Woolworths. I remember with my mother. <laughs> yeah, because she go goes, grab she goes, I've forgotten the, yeah. the toilet paper. And then she's like, but she wouldn't leave you the money. Just wait here. And this is like $100 worth of groceries. <laughs> and I'm nine years old. And I understand that I don't have any money at all. Let alone $100. Because in my mind that you reach the front of the line with all the goods, it all goes through and yeah. then there's just no one there to pay for it and they go well you're going to jail <laughs> <laughs> that's the only explanation it's yeah. like lock him up couldn't pay for his groceries that's how all criminals start absolutely like, he tried to steal $110 <laughs> worth of groceries that he kid. just stood there by the scanner <laughs> yeah. the, the whole time the planning least, the least you could have done is just stand <laughs> politely outside of the line until the, mo- the person with the money came back <laughs> and so there dad and I we had to go to the back of the line yeah <laughs> it's a bit stupid I just said because I said to him I was like yeah I this this was our spot in the line. Yeah, but it isn't now. Any anymore, yeah. You've, given, you've <laughs> now given the line, thing away. I always hate that in the canteen line. Uh, people that didn't... like. I was all for, you can go in front of me. That's a spot in the line. Look, it's a dubious thing, but mm. I was I was all right with you can go in front of me. But people go, you can go behind me. No, no, you, no, no you can't no, no, go no, behind no. me. No, no, no. The, the canteen line was a political nightmare, right? It <laughs> was. Because <laughs> there was that whole thing of like, you know, you've only got like a 30-minute break and you're, you're spotting the line because there's just not enough. I don't know why they didn't make canteens just <laughs> like, you know, eight abreast and just like, like you know, just... Well, that was our, our canteen at Sapias yeah. had about 10 lines. 
and yet Sorry, there was still about a fifteen minute wait. So yeah, but like it's just the ladies that is. Yeah. You know, I think there was too much variety. Well, or was like my dad used to do the canteen in primary school. He was the only man in the history of the world <laughs> who's done the canteen. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. I used to go. And I used to go try and get free food off. He's like, "No, Liam, they inventory this food. You know, <laughs> we can't just be handing things out willy nilly." Yeah, it's just a precedent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I think he used that exact argument. Maybe just wanted to talk to all the canteen ladies. Maybe he thought it was. It was, it was no, he just <laughs> wanted to do the job, and he did it damn well. <laughs> but it was. It was. Um, I remember the worst thing I've ever did to someone, and I. I <laughs> And I still remember it. A good friend of mine, Chelsea Nielsen, uh, asked me. I was at, I was one away from the queue at the front, and I said, and she came up to me with a bunch of change, and she goes, "Can you get me this item? I think it was like I don't know, chocolate oak or something like that, something like that." And I said, "Yes." And I was in. This wasn't when I was young. I was seventeen years old. I was in year twelve. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> well, you know, you already had a chocolate oak. No, 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 no. I said yes, I can get it, and I held my hand out, and the line was about you know three breasts and probably six or seven deep. And I said, yeah, I can do. It. And then as soon as she handed me the money <laughs> and got to there, I said Jumanji, and I <laughs> put my hand like this, and the money because that's what he the does. Dice in, in the dice. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And in my mind, it was that moment of like, this oh, will that's be, brilliant. This will be hilarious. And the money hits the ground. And then she <laughs> stares up at me and just gives me this like, and I was like, I don't know why I did that. I don't know. Maggie, I know you pretty well. That's so far from the worst thing you've ever done. That's know? probably true. That's probably true. But I remember it as a regret yeah. because I feel like that was just a bad thing that I didn't need to do. That was like the time I, I did it. launched a spitball at a girl on the bus. <laughs> through a straw? No, through a pen. I felt ter- I still feel bad to this day. She didn't deserve it. What's her name? But you we'd all been talking about can, spit spitballs. Did, did you know her? Yeah, she was a friend of my sister's. What's her name? Can you can hear it? I can't remember her name actually. Oh, okay. Was she an but, attractive um, girl? <laughs> I don't know. I was ten. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought this was, <laughs> it was in my mind when people make in, mistakes at school, they're seventeen. So. No, this was in year three, and we'd all been talking about spitballs. But I was not. Was it to the back of her head? It was the bright on the back of her neck. Did it stick? It stuck. <laughs> but the worst part was I did it from as she's getting off the bus, I was like on the front seat. And so as she's getting off, she just touched the back of her neck and looked at me like, why, why would you do that? Why did you and do that? And it occurred it? to me, I don't know why I did that. Mm. She didn't deserve it. No. And that's always the thing. I also remember I pulled a chair back behind someone. <laughs> and they, 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 it was, there was a wall behind them, so it could only go back so far. And, he, and, he, and his neck sort of like cracked back on the back of the chair. Didn't die or anything. You ever done like, that to yourself? That you just At missed? school, you, you pull the chair out, go up to do something, and then you forget that you put the, pulled the chair out. So you, that your bum hits the ground. Yeah, and then yeah, you, your bum hits the ground. You so, scrape your back. It really hurts. Yeah, the scrape is almost the worst yeah. than the impact. Because your bum's sort of made for impact. But the, but the, the back, the not quite so much. Not much for scraping. No. But it's uh, you know, there's, there's lots of terrible, terrible things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that well, I think we'll continue to do. <laughs> <laughs> Until the day we die. Until the day we die. And never shall we apologise. And lots of regrets. Yes. And <laughs> Lots and of apologising. <laughs> Only probably ten years later, mm. <laughs> during a video, mm. that we can say, Say sorry. This could be like a to the person whose name we can't remember. The name, but they can remember you because you ruined their life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it gives us a great opportunity to, to make all those apologies. She was a prostitute by the age of nine. <laughs> I've ruined that poor girl. Heroin, heroin oh. too. It was all, it was all involved. Mm-hmm. 
But Liam, speaking of regrets, it's regrettable that I have to say that's enough for tonight. <laughs> and we can we can air all our troublesome regrets, our very G-rated regrets. Our very dirty laundry. I'm sure there's all these things like I, you know, like, like I had a car accident and I killed a child, but we're just like, and then the coins hit the ground. Oh, <laughs> I said Jumanji. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, the worst thing in the world. But yeah. we're gonna have plenty more opportunities to do this. Thank oh, you. absolutely. We'll shame ourselves to the public regularly. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Liam. This has been the Joust. Mad Mondays, episode two. How does it happen? You're coaching the crew, or printing the news, or straining till you thought you would burst. You sure got a thirst.